you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast. I'm your host, James Go. Uh, got a full house today. Man, we got a big, big-time show. Got a couple of guests here. We're going to have Lance Zerline later in the program talking about the draft. We also have the great Chris Wessling in the house. What's up, man? Thanks for having me, James. I feel like once we got Adam Rank on the podcast, beautiful things started happening. Started getting some guests here. And more, right. more bald men as well with Chris right. and uh, Adam Rank. The balds now are running the joint. <laughs> Rank is the, the first domino. He's like the Tony Romo of the quarterback market. Yeah. So we got rid of the Mats who have like gorgeous right. heads of hair. That's a very good point. And then it's like, oh, yeah, here come Adam and Chris. <laughs> you know what? That is really funny. We get rid of the Mats. We bring in Adam Rank and Chris Wessling. Now you have the anti Clearly, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not like it's a system quarterback. You just can go find two other dudes with great heads of hair. Like We're going completely different. Not only I am it. I breaking up with her, I'm dating a girl who's never like her. That's great. I love it. Marcus Grant in the house. What's up? Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be back after a harrowing drive down from the mountains uh, in the Sierra Nevadas over the weekend. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, I was up in Lake Tahoe for the weekend, which is oh, great. Right. But uh, you know, as someone, Beautiful snow, I'm sure. As someone who does not do winter, I, I was wintering and driving down out of the mountain. I, I learned how to put chains on my tires. Oh, wow. Yeah. All nice. That. All that. So you're Beautiful. a man. <laughs> so I believe so. I can change. I can change the tires. I can change the oil in my car. Oh, I feel like. Uh, oh, that's it. You're I can. Set. I can tie a bow tie. Like I feel like I've. Listen, brother. I'm they, well down the road of manhood. When the apocalypse comes, I'm hanging out with you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Alice Gilhar, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, was cracking. Uh, now, excited to be here. I think I was going to joke off the top. I think this is one of the first times in a while where you you always start with we have a big show. But yeah. we actually have a big show. We have no, multiple yes. guests, lots of topics. <laughs> it's not just false praise. we got a big show. We're going to talk about some stuff, and that's it. Uh, that's generally how I open the show. We have we have a big show, and we're going to talk about some stuff, which totally undersells, under, undercuts my – But this is a big show. No, this is actually a big show. Uh, we've got Chris Wessling here. Why? Because he wrote a, a, a great piece about Tony Romo and potential landing spots for him. He also has an interesting hypothesis on Jay Cutler – possibly going to gang green. We'll get his thoughts there. Uh, we also have, again, the great Lance Zerline. We're going to uh, get a phone call from him a little later in the program. He's going to be previewing the Combine. It is, we're breaking up the Combine. The Combine's so huge now that we got to break it up into two parts. Today, it's part one. We will be talking about running backs. We're going to be talking about all of the great running backs that are potentially in this draft. Is maybe one of the deepest running back drafts in recent memory. And I can't wait to talk about it. I cannot wait to talk about it. It's going to be great. We're going to make a call into the wild as well. We'll get the great franchise on the phone, hopefully. If not, hopefully. Hopefully. We, we don't plan this thing. Pants level to be determined. Pants level to be. And uh, if we don't get him, we'll, uh, we'll try the other Matt and uh, get his take. He's doing some great work uh, on the Combine as well. But today is a Combine theme. But as always, we start your show with your top headlines. 
The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. We shall start and end in the state of Florida. Julius Thomas traded away by the Jags on Monday, staying in Florida, going to Miami. The Jags, in return, got a seventh-round draft pick back, so basically nothing. Thomas is turning 29. He's going to be, I think, quite honestly, in a pretty good situation really there in the MIA. He gets reunited with Adam Gase from his Denver days. And Miami's pretty much bereft of any star talent at tight end. Adam Rank, I'll throw it to you. Any reason to get excited about this move from a fantasy perspective? Not especially. Okay. I mean, listen, there's not a lot of... Uh, Here comes the cold water. No, no, no. It's not cold <laughs> water, but I think that uh, the tight end position is something that you just kind of stream. Okay. Unless unless you're really investing a top, picking a tight end. I usually end up streaming these guys, and Julius Thomas is always somebody who'll bounce around every once in a while, have a great matchup, and disappoint you, and then you'll hate him. <laughs> uh, you go on with your life. Oh, okay. You're saying, like, why didn't I just draft... Rob Gronkowski or something. Why didn't I draft Rob Gronkowski? Okay, listen. This, uh, the, quite I don't different. know. What do we expect? I mean, like. I don't know. I'm asking you. What are two, you expecting I, here? I know this is, uh, we're going, you know, narrative street. Yes. It's like two teams, like all these teams are giving up on him. Like, why should I, why should I embrace him? Well, only one team gave up on him. I mean, he left Denver as a free agent. No. They let him go. Oh, I mean, okay. they they didn't bring him back. All right, Alex, the the tight end position has been a, an absolute train wreck, as we saw in 2016. Uh, does again? I, I mean, I know, I know. Look, I'm not saying that he's going to get you know drafted in the top ten rounds. I get that part. But is this another name now in in what is a relative shallow pool of tight ends from the fantasy uh, from a fantasy perspective? I mean, he could be a guy that you draft super late and then, or look to stream off the waiver wire. the The red zone and like especially near the the ten yard line wasn't a particularly strong point for uh, Miami, it, especially in the passing game. Devontae Parker only had four targets inside the ten last year. Jarvis Landry only had two. Right. Uh, you know, Deion Sims is getting rotated in there at tight end because Jordan and Cameron was Jordan Cameron was injured. Deion Sims a free agent. So if anything, he could be a touchdown dependent uh, fantasy guy. Which, given how the position is, we saw people have a lot of success with people like Cameron Brait last Cameron Brait, year baby. who were touchdown dependent guys. So he could have some he could have some value we'll just have to kind of wait and see how it all shakes out with what Gase wants to do with him down there. I can't believe I'm the only person that's reasonably excited. Well, I'm, I, I'm reasonably excited. I don't know. Don't let him become this year's Kobe Flaner. Oh, come Where on. Where you talk yourself wow. like this is a great situation. I can't wait to see what happens. I mean, it's fine. Okay. Wes, do you, been... wanna, do you want to share your takes? I know, you, <laughs> I know you had some good ones on the ATN pod, which I listened to this morning, I think... which everybody should download, by the way. Thank you. We all know by now that injuries are inherently unpredictable, yet every single one of us has players we won't touch because we are assured they're going to be injured. Julius Thomas is always injured. And and you throw in the fact that he was lumbering the last two years. He looked overweight. He didn't look streamlined like he did in Denver. Right. And it's hard for me to get excited about a guy who's always injured and doesn't look as good as he did the past few years. Lumbering. That is the that's well, a, a very kind way of putting it. For but, sure. I mean, but you do have to wonder and you know and I'm always hesitant to go with the, you know, player X was made by quarterback Y scenario, but I see. But you do wonder how much working with Peyton Manning and not even necessarily having Peyton Manning throw him the football, but understanding the kind of work ethic Peyton Manning de- demands of his quarterbacks. Blake Bortles isn't that guy. No, you know, he's Blake not. Bortles is not going to demand that you're out in the offseason, that you're working. And he that might you're demand that done. you go out to happy hour with him. Though. Perhaps. <laughs> um, but you're not going to get that same level of demand out of a guy like Blake Bortles. And I wonder if you can expect that out of Ryan Tannehill. I don't, I don't know. I would, I would suspect he falls kind of somewhere in between Blake Bortles and Peyton Manning. So Blake Bortles is like Bobby Lane when he says, yeah. drink, you drink. <laughs> you drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, Chris. We'll, uh, we'll go to your uh, – to your column here. Uh, oh, by the way, Chris Wessling, for those of you who only listen to the Fantasy Podcast, hey, listen, what are you guys doing? Listen to the Around the NFL Podcast as well. World-famous ATN writer and podcaster Chris Wessling. Also, possibly the world's greatest cornhole player as well, from what I understand. <laughs> He's certainly up there. <laughs> from what I understand, Chris Wessling, a hell of a cornhole player. I have yet to see it witness it myself in person, so we shall see. Uh, Chris Wesley, you wrote a great piece detailing six potential landing spots for Tony Romo. If I can paraphrase, you said Houston, Denver, 
KC, no, because Alex Smith. Buffalo, Chicago, no and no, because both are trash. And Arizona, <laughs> no, because Carson Palmer is back there as well. So really it comes down to Houston and Denver. Uh, how realistic are those scenarios for Tony Romo? Well, I think those two have to be considered the heaviest favorites. And in both cases, it makes a lot more sense if, if and when he gets released. I think if there's going to be a trade, it would have to be somebody leapfrogging Houston and Dallas and coming basically out of the blue as a surprise team like the Jets did with Brett Favre back in 2008, I believe. Mm -hmm. What would these two teams give up to go get a piece like Tony Romo? I don't think they would. I think the Texans are so strapped against the cap that it would have to be a release and then Tony Romo accepting a very team-friendly deal. Oh, wow. The Texans saying, hey, look, what's your priority? You're 37 years old. You're a hit away from retirement. Do you want to win a championship or do you want to go to Buffalo? <laughs> and I think that's the Texans' leverage, you know. And the the Broncos are kind of the same way. They word has leaked that if he gets released, they'll consider him above Simeon and Paxton Lynch. But they're not going to trade for him. They don't want to take on that salary. John Elway is now used to not paying a quarterback a lot of money, True. and I think he likes that. And I think if you watch the Broncos last year. How is Roma going to survive behind one of the worst offensive lines in football? Uh, likelihood, a de- uh, something like that actually does get done, where he signs one of these uh, veteran, you know, team-friendly deals to go to Houston or Denver. And, and and you think about the landing spot too. Both of those teams, when healthy, have elite defenses. Something that should help. Uh, something like Tony Romo because, you know, he could hand the ball off quite often. And, and he's also working with head coaches that are also friendly from the offensive side. Yeah, I, I think – you have to. I know the answer to all your questions in sports is money, but I think in Romo's case, you have to make an exception. He's made a lot of money. The only reason for him to keep playing at this point in time is to win a Lombardi trophy. I think that's his primary motivation. So it, in those situations, I think Houston and Denver make the most sense, and I have a hard time making any sense out of, out of the other teams on the list. Now you're not you're not buying any of this uh, talk about him potentially going to to Washington or anything, right? There's no way Jerry lets that happen. I would think if he releases Romo, it's doing Romo a favor, and it'd have to be with a wink and a nod that you are not going to go <laughs> and play for an NFC East team. Right. Mm. Right. All right. What about um, Kansas City? I I just see that as it's too risky. If you've got four years invested in Alex Smith and Andy Reid's offense, they have the best record in the NFL since midpoint of 2015. You're going to give up – you're going to risk alienating Alex Smith or dumping him altogether for a quarterback who can't stay healthy. I, I like the idea of upgrading Alex Smith and saying, hey, look, this guy has taken us as far as he can. I just don't know if you're going to – that's a very high risk to do it with Romo. I, yeah, I think you're right. There's just too many risk factors there because Smith is, has been successful in that team. Romo is one hit away from, from being done. And they could they could basically go from having a good quarterback to having like no quarterback then in an instant. If if Andy Reid went out and said, you know what, I identified Jimmy Garoppolo as a guy who's better than Alex Smith. This guy can take me to the promised land. I see that as an acceptable risk. I don't see Tony Romo at this age with his injury history as an acceptable risk when Alex Smith gives you a really high floor. Does he have anything left, Tony Romo? That remains to be seen. I I have a feeling he can still play. To me, the injuries are the question, but we saw him play one series last year. He looked pretty good. Uh, Guys who practiced with him said he looked like 2014 Romo. So that's about all we can go on. Because change does happen quickly in the NFL. The last time we saw Tony Romo playing a full season, Peyton Manning was throwing for 39 touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, this, it's been a long time since we've seen Romo. All right, very good point. And that's all logical? And you tried to bring that up to another guy? Well known? So the question begs, do you and Peter King have legit heat? <laughs> Is this this was a little battle did you guys I, did had I miss on Twitter. This? Oh, you did, this, was, this was on Twitter. Oh, my. I have a feeling Peter King does not know that we've had legitimate heat for 10 years now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, MG, from a fantasy perspective, if Tony Romo does end up in Houston or Denver, I guess which would you prefer to see? Um, Ooh, that's a good call. I I think – I would probably prefer to see him in Denver. Um, you know, I, it would be nice to see what he does with Sanders and Thomas there. Um, you know, I think they. I would like to see them with a quarterback 
that opens up that running game a little bit as well. I look, I maybe because uh, you know we're from the same hometown. I'm I'm leaning towards C.J. Anderson over Lamar Miller. I think C.J. Anderson honestly is a slightly better running back than Lamar Miller as well. So um, I think I mean I think it's a coin flip. I think he could be successful in both, but I think for my own purposes, I prefer to see him playing with the Broncos. I like him in Houston though, because DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. They're playing in a dome at least nine games. That would help. I'd have to check their schedule. I don't know if they have any more than their eight homies in, right, uh, right, right. in Indianapolis. Indy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it's like a good – and it, I think that division's better than a lot of people give it credit for. I think the AFC South is on the upswing. But still, nine dome games, DeAndre Hopkins, I'll take that. Sign me up. I think you would find out that the Texans go from being the most underutilized skill position players to being utilized correctly that – uh, you could not pick a quarterback who fit DeAndre Hopkins' skill set worse than Brock Osweiler. Oh, yeah. They they ended up they've got they've got a blazing fast rookie who has a hundred yards in his first two games of his NFL career in DeAndre Hopkins, and by midseason they have to make the concession that they're building their offense around their slow tight ends <laughs> because Osweiler can't throw outside the numbers and down the field. Yeah. And I think you'd find that Romo really makes that that offense blossom. Yeah, that's interesting. I like it. I, I like the Houston call as well, just because the these offensive skill players are a little bit younger. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, obviously great players, great wide receivers, but they're also getting up there a little bit in age. Um, you, you know, Chris, you, you also talked about Jay Cutler. Uh, according to multiple reports, Jay Cutler being actively shopped around uh, by Chicago. Look, it probably won't happen. He's not going to get traded. Chicago's going to probably release him. But, Wes, you, you had a very interesting hypothesis Talk to us about why he may end up uh, with New York in terms of the Jets. And the corollary is, did you run this past Dan Hansis first? Well, Dan Hansis, and from my very unscientific Twitter poll, uh, every Jets fan despises the notion that Jay Cutler could end up there. (laughs) And every fan of every other team is cackling with glee at the notion that Cutler could be leading the Jets. I think in his case, he has burned so many bridges between teammates and former coaches whom many of whom he's gotten fired, that you have to look for for situations where he has a good relationship with the coach. And Jeremy Bates, the new Jets quarterback's coach, was the quarterback's coach when Cutler was in Denver and for a year or two was the quarterback's coach in Chicago with Cutler. And Ah. everything you read about the two of them is that they – they really like each other. Cutler and Bates are a mutual admiration society, and and that's that's a rare case for Jay Cutler. And then you talk about the skill position players there too. That's – that could be – I mean, obviously a lot a lot could happen in terms of, of the veterans being cut or whatever it is. But if everyone comes back, you know, again, you mentioned his former teammates. Well, Matt Forte and Brandon Marshall, and I think it, it's probably debatable at this point whether Brandon Marshall even wants to play with Jay Cutler. They've been – there have been quite a few uh, things said behind each other's backs since they separated. It, it's hard to keep up with their relationship. At one point they really <laughs> liked each other and defended each other, and now they seem to be sniping at each other. So – and maybe that, third, third time's a charm. Who knows? That could be like a detriment. <laughs> maybe Brandon Marshall refuses to play with Jay Cutler. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, Forte's there, too. The recent history of Brandon Marshall suggests that whoever they sign is going to be his quarterback. I remember he, he loved Geno Smith at first. Moved and then they in bring, with him. Right. Then they bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then that was his guy. So who knows? Maybe if they sign Jay Cutler, Jay will be his guy now. I, it, I think it's just hard to find a landing spot for Jay Cutler. I don't think anyone really wants him as their franchise quarterback. It's more like I guess we'll settle settle for this guy because we just don't have anything better. What's the likelihood that he plays in 2017? I mean, I would ima- coming in, I would imagine it was pretty strong, but I, I don't know. I, I guess kind of reading the tea leaves out there, as you mentioned, he had burned so many bridges. I, I think it's a very strong possibility he doesn't play in 2017. It's a fair question. not on a team? I just yeah, I just don't think he's going to play. I mean, maybe he's a, maybe I doubt that he would sign a backup deal, but let's say he does. I mean, he's he's a more than capable backup. Um, but if he decides not to be a backup, his career might just be over. It's also coming off labrum surgery to his throwing shoulder, which is not a small surgery. Uh, no, right. It is not. So there you go. Uh, Chris Wessling, you can find him on Around the NFL. You can find him on NFL.com. I'll find all of his great work there. NFL.com slash Wessling. There you go. At Chris Wessling on Twitter. He's a great follow. Uh, we'll get some great information. Look Any, for the Rodney Dangerfield. Actually. Yes. Any, anything else you want to plug or uh, or shout out, Wes, while you're here? I mean, we don't quite have the following you guys do, but uh, no know, plugs. I just listen. appreciate the uh, opportunity to sit in with you guys. Uh, awesome. Cross podcast love. Chris Wesley. Shadowy League figures will be so happy. <laughs> <laughs>
from around the NFL. Chris, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, guys. All right, so that was the great Chris Wessel. We go from Chris to another great writer for NFL.com and an absolute beast when it comes to the NFL draft. We go on the horn to Lance Zerline. Please now to be joined on the phone by Lance Zerline, NFL media analyst, uh, one of our scout specialists, our combine guru, if you will. Lance, uh, how you doing today? Good to talk to you. I'm doing good. It's good to be here. Well, we are closing down on the start of the Combine. I know you have been hard at work studying a ton of guys. Uh, Alex and I know that especially because yes. we've had the uh, the good pleasure to read a lot of them. Uh, You're in, the, in the, the profile master over there. A few people have been grinding <laughs> as much tape as Lance these days. So, But I want to start because we want to talk some running backs with you today. And I feel like you know, got to start at the top. The, the top two names that we're hearing a lot of are Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook. And I feel like just kind of following along on draft Twitter and the like, the consensus over who's the number one there is split. For your money, who do you have as the number one and why? Well, I'm going to go Leonard Fournette, and it's, I think Dalvin Cook's the better runner, to be honest with you. I mean, I think if you want to just put on tape, the more complete running back is Cook, the better, the more skilled running back is Cook. But I've got a higher grade on Fournette, and that's because I mean, we're talking about elite size and speed. And I know that word is thrown out a lot, but I don't throw it out lightly. And when I say elite size and speed, I'm saying Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker. Um, uh, you know, I guess you could say Eric Dickerson, really, because he had he is bigger than people think, and he was definitely fast. And then uh, Adrian Peterson. And I think you know we're talking about a very, a very select group of running backs there, and span a few different decades. And and Leonard Fournette falls in that group. He's he's got he's got a, a burst and an acceleration that is almost you know, unheard of for a back his size other than Adrian Peterson. That's the only other guy that I can think of. And he's a little bit bigger than, than Peterson is, too. So um, his ability to create through power and to create through speed is absolutely um, unbelievable. He's big enough to handle a heavy workload. He, he, had, he played on some, some ankle. He play, played on an ankle issue that, that um, hindered him this year. And he was so competitive that when LSU and Florida got into a pregame uh, scrap, he wasn't supposed to play. He went and got his uniform on, on and said, screw that, I'm going to play. And while I love that, it, you know, it didn't help him health-wise. It wasn't a smart idea, but it gives you an idea of you know, what kind of team guy he is and what kind of competitor he is. So I just think physically, and you know what, i got to also say Dalvin Cook has had some issues with a shoulder that concerns me um, just a little bit. So mm-hmm. I would say, based on all of that information, I think that the physical traits and the ability to hit home runs when he gets in the, the open field um, combined with his size, and I think he's going to be a better pass catcher than some people probably uh, think based yeah, on the LSU offense not really taking advantage of it. Uh, I, I'm going to make him my top running back, and that would go for fantasy football as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because a lot of the top guys in fantasy nowadays are catching passes as well. David Johnson, yeah. Le'Veon Bell, even you know Zeke didn't have as many as they did in his rookie year, but he still caught 32 passes for 363 yards, which is nothing to turn your nose up at. So that was going to be something I was going to ask you from Fournette if you think he had well, that to take him to the next level because if he's – just predominantly, you know, but between the tackles, carry grinder that might that might limit his fantasy ceiling. Yeah, no, and that's a good point. And and obviously, you have to wait and see. Look, he can he can catch the football. Now, we all obviously you have to wait and see where the where these guys fit. We we can't project their numbers until you see who they're with, the team, the offensive line, the scheme. So it's possible if he goes to a team with a good third down back on it then that's obviously going to play into where I would project Leonard Fournette and what his numbers would be. Dalvin Cook can catch a football. There's no question. He can also hit home runs. Um, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, these guys are both uh, three-down players who have the ability to, to light it up in PPR leagues as well if they get in the right situations. And, you know, frankly, Joe Mixon is that guy. Joe Mixon has off the field character concerns and we'll see if he's even drafted but i you know just speaking purely from a fantasy football standpoint he's as close as you're going to find to david johnson in this draft i mean he's really talented catching a football so you know mixon is is kind of the outlier because you're not sure what's going to happen with his draft stock from a talent standpoint it's definitely there but kamara cook and mccaffrey all have the opportunity to catch the football the question will be 
with Leonard Fournette, you know, and like with Adrian Peterson, I mean, Adrian could get you 30 catches plus in a season. It depended how often the Vikings wanted to use him on that particular year. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing could be true with, with uh, Fournette. If a team wants to use him out of the backfield, I think he can handle that. Uh, now, you mentioned uh, Christian McCaffrey, who is a name that I, I find intriguing simply because seeing his body of work at Stanford and seeing how much of that offense he took upon himself. I mean, running it, catching it, even running back kicks and, and the like. Um, right. Do you see all of that transferring to the NFL? I know there's still some questions about whether you know, people believe in him altogether. All yeah, I, I do see it translating. Now, from a fantasy standpoint, unless you're in just very particular leagues, his pump return and kick return is not going to give you value on an individual basis unless you're in a pretty hardcore league. But from a pass catching standpoint, he's absolutely, you know, he can Danny Woodhead you. He can he can spread out and he can go run routes and get open through routes. He can come out of the backfield. I think he's big enough. You know, he's not he's not a big running back, but he's big enough that he can. And I and my guess is he'll he'll me, he'll measure in around. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what he wants to carry at the combine because he's going to have to weigh. And he needs to weigh around 210-plus pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is, if he thinks that's going to hinder his speed, I just think he needs to run in the low 4.5s. I think that's what he is, and I think he'll run it. And I think that will be fine. Um, I, I think it would be a mistake to try to keep the weight down so he can run faster because he's not getting drafted on speed. He's going to get drafted on where his weight is. But, um, you know, he is a guy that, that can end up being a very, very fast um, he could be very quick to start posting PPR numbers mm-hmm. if he gets in the right scheme. Do you think maybe right uh, like a what are we what are we thinking? Maybe like not quite a Reggie Bush rookie year kind of thing where he had what did he have eighty ninety catches that rookie year? But uh, but in the right in the right fit, you think he could could post really solid numbers? I think what did Gio Bernard have like fifty his rookie year? Who's that? Giovanni Bernard. I think he could be Bernard. Yeah, I think he could be Gio Bernard, and there's some similarities. Uh, to Gio Bernard's game, Gio's just a very twitchy, you know, hyper athletic guy, though very explosive. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, to me, I think he's more a tiki barber as a back, okay. um, Christian McCaffrey. But you know, it, once again, if he gets on the right team, I think he's a good fit for his own scheme team. If he gets that opportunity, um, he might be a very interesting. I mean, it's it, it's not going to happen where he would go with Kyle Shanahan and in San Francisco because they've got, you know, they've got Carlos Hyde and they've got mm-hmm. too many other needs to be messing with a, a back who has some, you know, flexibility. But, um, yeah, in the right scheme, if, he, if he's in the right fit, this is a guy who's, who will shoot up the boards from a draft, from a fantasy standpoint, because if he gets with a team like, um, I don't know, maybe Philadelphia, you know, that's, that's a little bit unsettled over there. He gets for, with a team like that, with a young quarterback, and they say, we want to protect our quarterback a little bit, all of a sudden you got dump-down passes. You know who he could end up being is like Dominic, Dominic Davis, a.k.a. Dominic, changed his name to Dominic Williams, who was with the Texans back in the mid-2000s, who ended up catching a ton of passes with the young David Carr. Yeah, I remember Dominic um, Williams. Or- yeah, so I'm, that's, that's one of the guys that, you know, that I think that he could end up becoming is a, a quick 900-1,000 yard rookie back with about 51 catches if he gets with the right team. So, for me, McCaffrey and Kamara are, are big wild cards based on where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, you were a guy who was big on Jordan Howard last year, and obviously he had a very good rookie year with the Bears. Is there anybody you see this year who maybe is kind of an under-the-radar player? Well, I had Thomas Rawls a year before and Jordan Howard and this last year. Wow, look at you. Pat, pat yourself on the back there, Lance, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, two of the big me. sleepers. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? I <laughs> Everyone's looking for, like, who's the next one? I'm like, oh, let's see. And so if I'm trying to find a sleeper, I think there are two guys I would point to. One is at Boise State, Jeremy McNichols. He's about 5'9", 212 pounds. Um, He's really solid at everything. He's a good, solid back. He's not going to be fast, but he is quick. He's got great balance. I, I really like him. I think I think uh, Daniel Jeremiah and I were talking about him yesterday on the phone. We both like this guy's ability. I think he is a third round pick in all likelihood. Um, you know, five he's five oh eight six. He's right around five nine. He was verified at two twelve this spring. That's big enough. When you see him, he's he's well built. He can catch mm-hmm. the ball as well. So he would be one guy. That I would say, and then there's another one. My super sleeper is a guy who I just found yesterday is a guy named Rochelle. Um, Rochelle 
Shell, who is the running back from West Virginia. He's about 5'10", 230 pounds. He was a five-star back coming out of the same draft class or the same recruiting class with Leonard Fournette, went to Pitt, transferred away from Pitt, is a little bit immature, uh, and thought he was, you know, maybe a little better than he, he actually was. He said he's been humbled. You know, he doesn't have a tremendous amount of production, but when you turn a tape on, all of a sudden I see the shifty feet, I see the size, I see power, I see loose hips to be able to elude people. I see, frankly, a better athlete than Jer- than, um, than Jordan Howard is. But Howard Ooh. had just phenomenal vision. All right. And, you know, so, I mean, this guy has everything physically. And it shouldn't be a surprise considering how highly regarded he was at a high school. Mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you, he's way under the radar. Anywhere you look, you're going to see him as an undrafted player. But I've got a grade that is uh, – uh, put it this way, my grade on him is higher than Corey Clement from Wisconsin, wow. James Conner from Pitt, Brian Hill from Wyoming. And um, that should give you an idea of, of, awesome. of how well, much there we I go. like thanks, him. Thanks for that little bit of breaking news there. I guess, and then I well, we should probably wrap this up pretty quick, but who do you think at the running back position needs a good combine performance to really help their draft slash uh, fantasy stock? Because we've seen poor performances or injuries, you know, drop a lot of guys that, that otherwise might have had some yeah. early success? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, and for some guys, it's going to be what they weigh, how tall they are. You know, for some guys, it's going to be physical measurements mm-hmm. are going to be very important. But if there's one guy in there, I'd say it's Deontay Foreman. Um, Foreman, to me, needs to play lighter than he played this year. If he played in the 240s, I think he needs to show NFL teams that he was able to get down and keep his weight down um, is playing at a trim maybe 230 maybe 228 which should help his quickness if he can run a good 40 time with 228 to 232 pounds on his frame and and show that he can catch the ball in some of those drills I think that really helps him a lot of teams aren't sure he's going to be a blocker that he's really committed as a blocker mm-hmm. so there's nothing he can do about that at the combine but if he shows he has good hands that he can catch the ball and if he shows that he's dropped some weight and, and is fast and quick in some of his, uh, you know, in some of his uh, uh, quickness drills and his forty time, to me, he's a guy that could help his draft stock because he's kind of iffy on some teams' boards that I've spoken with. All right, well, there we have it. I guess that would thanks, Lance, for all that help and uh, good luck wrapping up the rest of the uh, the prospects there. And enjoy Indy. Yeah, enjoy yeah, the I Indy. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're about like fifty to sixty degrees this year. It beats the one degree uh, <laughs> from, from I think it was two, I don't know if it was last that, year or two years ago. I think it would have been two cold. years ago. I went to the Combine once, and it was bitter cold, and I actually got locked in like the ticketing area outside Lucas Oil because I was there super late, and they had closed all the gates. So I had, oh. I had, to, I had to pop a fence when it was like negative 10 degrees and then wow. uh, stopped at a bar well, at for, uh, for a warmer at upper. You made it out. And, you made it out. And Lance, when, when a guy from Wisconsin is telling you that it's cold, yeah, it's pretty it was, cold. It was cold that day. I will admit <laughs> that that I'm was saying. cold. I, I'm from Texas. Texas, so I've got a heavy coat ready for the 53. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lance, appreciate the time, man. Take care. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, the great Lance Zerline. All that great information, that draft information, that combine information. I absolutely love it. Thanks, Lance. All right, guys, let's talk about the combine here. Again, it's combine preview part uno. We got running backs. And, you know, it's funny because this year you talk about the running back position. My God. It is an absolute treasure trove of talent here at the running back position. In terms of tiers, you know, we talk about tiers in fantasy. Uh, In the combine for the running backs, it seems as if everyone's kind of got this tier one running back, right? And it's, it's Dalvin Cook, it's Leonard Fournette, it's some combination of that, and then everyone else seems to kind of fall in line outside of that. Um, Adam Rank, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, Lance Zerline has Leonard Fournette number one, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's made comparisons to Fournette, uh, to, to Bo, Jackson, Bo Jackson, to Adrian Peterson, to some of the all-time greats. Your take on Leonard Fournette, who would you rather have, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette? Well, I mean, Cook's... <sighs> He's had sold, solder, uh, shoulder surgeries, surgeries, which concerns me coming out Three of college. Of That's a big thing with me. Although, the thing with Fournette, and I know a lot of people are going to be super hyper on him, and one of the problems I have is uh, Darius Geis was amazing last year for LA. Like, he was like, okay, like don't play. And they had a running back who was just as good. Actually, 
if I'm not mistaken, I think he, his yards per carry was higher or something. Like he was out there crushing it too, and you're like, okay. So I'm now going to look at interesting look at Fournette a little bit differently, and I don't and I I don't care that he didn't that he skipped out on his bowl games and things like that. Right. But I think a lot of people just are so excited by what Ezekiel Elliott was able to do last year, and he was great. Then uh, they just assume that like, oh yeah, it's back. Like running backs are going to come in, and they're going to be automatically great again. And I'm just not sure that I'm I'm there yet. Unless it, I really have to wait and see the situation that he goes to. I see a lot of mock drafts that perhaps he could be going to Carolina. Like I like that. Fit. Like oh, okay, God. yeah, I like that. Holy I, I'm hell, in. that'd be a great fit. And I'm gonna. Yeah. I hate to be the wait and see person. Not enough to keep me from doing it. But I'm gonna. <laughs> I want to wait and see. I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna hold off on the okay. comparisons. All right. You know, there's a lot of guys. There's uh, there's been a lot of running backs who have been super hyped. Yeah. Coming into the NFL over the last couple of years, so I really, I want to see somebody who who fits more of the NFL mold. And of course, Cook certainly would be one of those backs if better pass was, catcher. If he was a uh, if he wasn't coming off surgeries and everything right. like that, I I don't want to jump ahead to the guy that I want to talk about too much, but I like Christian McCaffrey probably more than anybody. Really, I really I just feel like the way the NFL has evolved. Yeah, what they ask NFL running backs to do. He fits all of that. He like checks all the, the boxes. boxes. Like yeah. what it it reminds me of when Devontae Freeman but was isn't coming. He more of a system guy than 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 Fournette or I mean I could see Fournette or Cook fitting in almost anywhere um, except for a few, you know, bad situations, but Christian McCaffrey to me seems like that guy that absolutely needs to hook up with a very good offensive coordinator. Well, I think it's going to help that he goes like you don't want to go into a situation like Todd Gurley's in right now where you're an amazing running back, but you're stuck behind an awful offensive line with a with a coordinator who doesn't really know what he's doing, or a head coach that really shouldn't be an NFL head coach. And like I'm talking about goes, last year's guy. Like if he goes to New England, guy. forget it. Lights out. Yeah, but I I think that everybody is gonna when they see him, they're always gonna when they see McCaffrey, they're always gonna be like, oh, Danny Woodhead. He's a he's a patriot because he's a white running back. And it's like, <laughs> no, but that's that's it's just the truth. Uh, well, trends they have more white wide receivers than running backs. Yeah. Yeah. So come on, I would, you know, I I I do think McCaffrey is more of a Swiss Army knife than somebody like Leonard Fournette. Now Fournette is a sledgehammer, right? right. And and Beesh. you know he's that guy who you can put pretty much anywhere, give him the ball, let him run downhill, and, and he's going to be fine. But I do think McCaffrey is definitely much more of a Swiss Army knife, and you know. I hate to drop the Danny Woodhead comparison, but you put him in a place like San Diego and you pair him up with Melvin Gordon. I mean, I keep coming back to this. And I think I said it a couple weeks ago with, with Dalvin Cook. And I may have said it with somebody else. What we saw Kyle Shanahan do with uh, Tevin Coleman last year uh, made him into that guy who can do a little bit of everything. I think Christian McCaffrey has that ability. And like Rank said, the way the NFL is going, those guys have even more value. And I think the difference between McCaffrey and, say, Dalvin Cook, who I really like – is McCaffrey can do a lot of those same things, and his draft price is going to be a lot better for NFL team. That's a very good point. Uh, just getting back to some of the raw numbers here. I like, like that. I, I I was thinking of Kyle Shanahan, and I know that they have Carlos Hyde there, but I think like McCaffrey could slip into the second round, and Kyle Shanahan could be like, I'm going to employ the same type exactly. of setup I had in Atlanta, and I have these two running backs. I know for fantasy, like everybody – would be upset with that because you would be like, oh, I, I want him to be a featured back, but that right. that doesn't happen I don't, in the NFL. I don't see that it's, happening. It's with over. Like that. Yeah. So I want to throw out a couple teams while we're talking about McCaffrey that I think uh, could be interesting for him, both okay. with uh, with good offenses and skill position players around, and situational need. First one off the top of my head, Colts. Yeah, that's not bad. Because yeah. Frank Gore is getting old. Then yeah. everybody else, you put a, somebody somebody that can run between the tackles and also catch a ton of passes from Andrew Luck. With T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief on the outside, I like it. Now, this one's a little more off the off the grid, but I think there's certainly a need here with this team. What about with the Bengals? Hmm. Gio Bernard coming off of ACL. You kind of get a best of both worlds with Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Hill, Hill and, and Gio, Gio Bernard. Interesting. You, you merge those two together into Christian McCaffrey. Okay. And that, that is interesting. I'd say the one – I don't hate it. The one thing that McCaffrey doesn't do well, and not that Jeremy Hill did it well – uh, is kind of his between the tackle short yard. Like he's willing to get in there and put his nose in there. Yeah, he's not great. Short he's yard. just not going to push the pile. He's, he's not, gonna, not yeah. big enough. Right, exactly. You know, in terms of if no one's ever seen Kish, uh, Christian McCaffrey play, uh, six feet, 200 pounds, super, super versatile, uh, was a great – and it's funny, you, you look at the size and you say, oh, well, he can't run between – not true. 
Not true. A uh, really good runner between the tackles. Uh, picked up a lot of chunk yardage, especially against Cal. Uh, <laughs> and he, he's one of those guys that between the between the tackles has such great short area quickness and, and visions and balance. Look, like you'll watch him. Like three guys. Will, there's actually a play. I forget. I think it was uh, like Ted Nguyen on Twitter tweeted out. But like there are three guys coming at McCaffrey, and he sees it all happening. Just puts a little stop and a move on him, and they all three collide, and he goes around him. The thing with Christian McCaffrey. Um, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but his patience behind the line is very, very reminiscent of Le'Veon Bell. I knew you were going to. I had another fun idea, <laughs> not not to totally derail that crazy comparison. Uh, what about New York, the Giants for McCaffrey? They're okay, always, they're always running three wides with one back, helping spread out the defense. He won't face as many stacked fronts. He can catch a lot of passes. I just, I just want there to be some semblance of stability in the Giants' backfield. That's all I ask I, for. I, just don't, I don't want a guy like McCaffrey to get wasted or get stuck in a committee, so we're, we're left with his three touchdown games and then his yeah. you know two catch, four carry games. I mean, he had 1,600 rush yards in 2016. People thought it was a, it, it was a disappointment. And, and in a way it was because in 2015, his sophomore campaign, you know, he ran for 2,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 3,800 all-purpose yards in 2015. Uh, it was outrageous. We should probably move along here, though. We just devoted quite a bit of time to McCaffrey. We got oh, I'm guys, sorry. We got, guys on this li- we got other guys on this list. I don't want to disrespect any of these guys. Forget the guys. list. By the way, Mike Mayock has his top five and his top five running backs in order. Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Joe Mixon. But Joe Mixon from Oklahoma, not invited to the Combine, so who cares? All right, so also in Lance Erline's top ten, uh, Deontay Foreman out of Texas. This is a big boy. A yeah. big boy, 6'1", well, 250. And that's why Lance said on the call, he said uh, Foreman's the guy that needs the combine the most because he's a big back. He can carry the load. He can you know, can catch the pass. He had over 2,000 yards. Yeah, he did. But like Lance wa- was, was wondering and was you know, hypothesizing what he's going to come in and what he's going to weigh at at the combine and if he's the same runner or if he runs better at that, at that area. 323 carries, 2,028 yards, 6.3 average. Amazing. Um, Franchise was uh, posting some highlights of Daunt, uh, Deontay Foreman. Yeah, on yeah. his uh, on his Twitter feed, and they had he pulled out this great one. I think they were playing Texas Tech, where the dude just the guy who's supposed to block this uh, completely whiffs. Like it was just a total business decision. Oh my gosh! Like the guy, no, it was the <laughs> blocker doesn't block at all. Oh, I see. And he gets taken down, and and Franchise had put the thing like, "Come on, Brett!" Like like yeah, yeah. that type of thing, and it's. It's why it's important to go, and you're like Texas was kind of garbage. They were not good. They were not and a you, good. Team. You got to go back. They were not good. You got to go back and watch and be like, okay, because if you're looking at yards per attempt or yeah. things like why what happened, like if there's instances like that. I think it goes back. You know, you got to kind of really go back and watch and see what's happening. It, it's what uh, DJ was talking about uh, on their podcast or on Total Access third or something six. where where he was like, yeah, third and six throws, like how they. Yeah. How they face in certain situations, which tells a lot more. There, there was, um, I think it was uh, the Notre Dame quarterback. There was a play where it like bounces off. Like, oh, he's saying, look at the interceptions where it bounces off some dude's hands, right into an interception. Yeah, a perfect know, throw, but you know, like what the interceptions not on him, right? Um, in terms of De- Deontay Freeman, uh, the last thing I'll say about him is uh, the tape that I've seen. Great big back, good speed. He's a little, you know, he he allows defenders to come into the body. That's kind of where I am concerned. I don't know if he can get away with that at the next level, but it's a big question because he is 250 pounds, right? And he's a big. It's like beast. he's never been scared of contact because he's that's been what bigger is. than everybody. Right. That's what it is. Where Christian McCaffrey does a great job stiff arming guys and and creating just enough separation to break out of that tackle. Uh, Deontay Foreman is the type of dude that will allow defenders into his body and then just shed him with leg power. Yeah. Um, but you know, will that work at the next level? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Samaje P. P. Ryan uh, is number seven on Zerline's list. He's out of Oklahoma. Believe it or not, he was actually the backup to Joe Mixon there in Oklahoma. 196 carries, 1,000 yards, 5.4 average. In 2015, he had a bigger workload, 225 carries, 1,300 yards, a 6.0 average. Uh, He is a guy, to me, who has a lot to prove at the combine as well. If he runs well, we're talking somewhere in the four fives. This is a guy to me that could be an absolute steal in the in the draft, and I'm really excited to see what he does at the combine. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, that's because that's one of the things you talk about is just finding these guys that are really going to just jump out at you, like Jordan Howard last year and everything. And when he went to the Bears, I was, you know, over the moon with all that stuff. So he's somebody – I like the Boise State running back. Jeremy McNichols. Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols. He was Lance's pick for uh, to be this year's Jordan Howard. Right. Yeah, I really, I really like. Uh, I, I watched a couple of their. You get a lot of those Boise State games on, and they, you always gotta try to balance it out, you know, because the Mountain West. Let's, I'll be honest, the Mountain West might not be the best conference. <laughs> in a, in a, it's, it's, it's very good, uh, uh, very, so, very sources, fun. It's, it's top heavy. Sources: it's, Mountain West, not it's, the best conference. It's very, it's very top heavy. It's getting better. You've got Boise State and San Diego State near the top. UNLV getting better with UNLV Tony Sanchez. They're getting better, but uh, it is not. It is not. Uh, doesn't have a lot but of depth. still, but, but still, there was a couple. Of, but they still play pretty good competition. They play Washington. They play some good teams. And sure. he's he's been impressive. And again, uh, thankfully, Doug Martin's kind of taken that stigma of the oh Boise State running back. Sure. Am I right? Like you can't <laughs> do that anymore. So I I think he's got a pretty good opportunity. And again, it all falls down to where he's able to land. Who's he Who's he going to go about? But I think he's somebody to definitely watch uh, coming into the combine. The Boise State Bronco, the number eight running back, according to uh, the great Lance Erlein. Number nine is a character out of the University of South Florida, Marlon Mack, six feet two ten. I let me tell you guys, I love this kid. He's he is he's that. So we James- know who, we know who's going to run the fastest <laughs> on running backs. You, he is the classic James Co. Combine. I love this kid. I ab. He's a home run. I like the hitter. stat you put in there. Six of his fifteen touchdowns went for forty three plus yards. Come on, brother. Come on. I love this kid. He's an absolute home run hitter. Is he an every down guy? I, man, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, but. I do know this. He is an explosive, explosive athlete. Number 10, another small school guy, smallish school guy, Kareem Hunt out of Toledo. This is, this is a kid that's been absolutely – I love Kareem, Kareem Hunt. Hunt. There you go, 5'11", 210. Uh, I'd seen a lot of hype about him on Twitter, uh, and then I, I started – The hype watch, is growing, bro. I started to watch it. It didn't take me long watching his tape to realize what the hype was about. I mean, literally, he gives you everything that you want. I mean, he's got good balance, agility, uh, good enough speed. You know, he's not he's not a burner. He's not no. going to necessarily, you know, wow you with his 40 time, but he's right. got enough speed to be dangerous. He catches the ball. I, I think, uh, you know, I just – Everything about him that I saw, I immediately fell in love with. And uh, our friend on Twitter, Rumford Johnny, who does a lot of really good work, hit me up, and he called him kind of a young Frank Gore. And okay. I just I got heart eyes. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was all heart eye emoji when when that happened because I I think this is a guy who is a steal, and I, I see him there. You know, you, you have him at number ten uh, on Lance's Lance Erlon's top ten. Right. Um. I, you know, I look at him and I, I just I feel like if he's the number ten running back, somebody's going to get a gym, sure, uh, probably somewhere in day two of the draft. And this, but exactly he's good. exactly the guy that I'm. I mean, he's the kind of player where you're saying, man, if this was another draft, you know what I mean? This is a third round draft pick, but in this year's draft, you could get this guy in round five, round six. Uh, by the way, the, the one of the things that people really like about Kareem Hunt is the fact that he's so versatile. He had 41 receptions last yep. year for 403 yards. That's really good. Kareem Hunt is is absolutely a nice, versatile weapon. Uh, we'll see. May I say something about yes, Kareem Hunt? Uh, I'll be perfectly truthful with you. I okay. didn't see a lot of Toledo games. How dare you? The only thing that I... When I when I hear like somebody like this, I haven't had a chance to go, and I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to be okay. upfront with everybody. Yes, I haven't got a chance to go back and watch some of his games. Um, I always want to. I'm like, okay, you're in the MAC. What did you do against Western Michigan? Like that's that's the one marquee team. He blitzed that team for yeah. 200 yards. Pretty good. And that's one of the things. That's like that's when you're like, okay, I'll take him serious. I'll yeah. go back. <laughs> I'll go down and look. I'm interested to think. Uh, because he didn't have great stats in 2015, but I think, uh, but he's somebody I do definitely want to go take a look at. And these are the kind of guys that always seemed. I, I hate to say come out of. Uh, I hate to say come out of nowhere, but he's like that fifth round back. Yeah. And somebody will be searching for somebody, trying to think a team like if Carolina ends up with him or something like that, who could end up coming out and uh, being a very good value. But he's definitely somebody to look for. And uh, again, this is why this is why I dig the combine. Like I know. I'll, it's underwear Olympics, and everybody likes to make fun of it. But, like, this is the cool stuff. Like, to me, this is, like, the cool stuff. And you're finding out more about these guys and then going back and watching their games and seeing what's going on. I really want to go back and watch this Western Michigan game. I want to go back and see 
what was going on? 200 yards I against mean, those guys. The combine is really where we found players like David Johnson and stuff. Cause That's very like, good point. Northern heard, Iowa. Yeah, you heard stuff about him, but then he blew up the combine. You went and watched his tape, and you're like, wow, this kid might this kid might be yeah. something if he can learn to be between the tackles and stuff. And, and this is not shameless cross-promotion, although it is, but honestly, Mike Mayock, Charles Robinson – the boys there at the con- – I mean, I cannot wait to see – Charles Davis. Charles Davis, rather. Uh, I can't wait to hear what these guys have to say about guys like Marlon Mack, about guys like Kareem Hunt, because they do sit down and watch hours of film yeah. on all these and dudes. DJ and all those guys. Yeah, you man. Want, if you were ever in this office and you wanted to lose about an hour of your day, just st- sit down with DJ as he's, or grab him as he's walking past if he's not you know, going to be in one of his 50 million media appearances and <laughs> right. be like, hey, DJ, what do you think about like Player X? And then you spiral into a conversation about other guys and other guys. I can't wait. Guys. I cannot wait. The amount of information those guys – and it's not all like fake. It's not TV. That All that stuff's off the top of their heads and their meticulous notes and stuff. That is crazy. That's It's awesome. That's the most impressive. I remember there was one time, I think it was two years ago, it was on day three of the draft. There was somebody so obscure, they didn't even have footage for him right away, but DJ was like, oh, this is so-and-so out of this place, did this or whatever, blah, 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 and then they found like a clip on YouTube and then like played it through (laughs) the network. But DJ was like, yeah, I know this guy. And it was just like, unbelievable. That is, it's it's pretty dope, man. I can't wait. Hey, let's make a call into the wilderness to get uh, the franchise's take on some of these running backs. We're sorry, your call cannot be completed and dialed. All right, let's see if the franchise is available. If he's not, we're going to try the other Matt. <laughs> See what he's got going on. Yeah, but does he talk about running backs? No, he doesn't talk about he running really backs. But he's done a he he's done some uh, breakdowns on um, the guy from West. I'm just I'm just letting it fly right now. It's ringing okay. for yeah. franchise. Absolutely, I love it. This is this is the bit. Hello, uh, is the franchise there? Hey yo, hey we got him. All right, it's the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. What's up, pal? Hey guys. Hey man, we're talking about combine. We're talking about running backs. I know you've done a bunch of homework on this thing. Hey, can we get your take on Alvin Kamara from Tennessee? Uh, he's one of the dudes I haven't looked at yet, but I know that there's some hype around him being like a first-round guy, and the jury's kind of out on that. I've watched a little bit of film on him, and I just think he's more of like a committee guy than a okay, than I, a, a true a true feature back. Th- thank you for saying that franchise because I I watched him a, a pretty fair amount, and I watched a couple of Tennessee games this year, and everything that I picked up from him was that he was basically the Volunteers' kind of third down pass catching back, and he I'm was thinking, a backup for sure. Yeah, I mean, question. you know, they 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 had a lot of different guys run the football. John Kelly got a lot of carries. Uh, you know, Josh Dobbs, who was the quarterback, ran. I think he actually led the team in rushing yards last year. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hurd, and I just yeah, Jalen Hurd was there. But every time I saw Kamara, he was just kind of that third down pass catching back, and I I I just maybe I'm not looking at the right things. I just don't quite understand how he's so highly rated. I don't get it. Lance Erline and both my, both Lance and Mike Mayock have Kamara in their top five. So I, that is, yeah. And I'm and I'm confused. I'm confused by it as well because he was a backup. He had 103 rushes, 596 yards. You know, he had 40 receptions as well, which is pretty good in limited action. But I, I just, again, seeing what I saw, I don't, I don't quite understand, but that's okay. Hey, listen, I do know that you did a, a nice write-up on this kid out of BYU, Jamal Williams. Can you give us a oh, lowdown yeah. on him? Yeah, I, I like him. He's uh, he's he's kind of got it all. He's he's got everything you want. He's got power. It basically takes an army to bring him down. Like his his toughness was amazing, um, and he can catch the ball too. And uh, I just I just I started uh, watching film on some of the more the lesser known guys. I like to work my way up and like treat myself to the four nets of the world. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, but. but just from just from seeing Williams, like he uh, the only the only weakness I really saw is like his top end speed. There were a few like breakaway runs where some guys caught up to him. Okay, so I'm just really curious to see how he does that combine and like see what his forty time is because I think that will be a very telling as to where he might be looked at in the draft. I mean, he's probably going to be a value for any team that takes him. Okay, I think he's he's looking at like a third round pick, but. Uh, he, I think he has what it takes to be a, a three-down back in the NFL for sure. Do you think he's a little stiff? Uh, I, I kind of read Jamal Williams as more of a, you know, between the tackles grinder. That if you wanted to get three yards, if you wanted to get that short yardage area, Jamal Williams is your guy. Um, again, you talk about that lack of top-end speed. I, I just didn't see a lot of wiggle either. Was that a concern of yours? 
I mean, I, I was just uh, kind of blown away by his toughness and his ability to break tackles and just kind of stay stay on his feet when guys are coming at him. So yep. Makes every, sense. Most of what I saw was positive about him. And I don't think he, uh, he you know, the other, the other knock on a lot of these kids coming out of college is their ball security issues, and that was one of his strengths, too, so. I don't think he. I don't know. Did, did he, I, I really did he like give it up? I don't even know if he gave it up at all in 2016. Did he? I don't think I. I, I forget what I, the the number was in my article. I think maybe four fumbles his entire college career. That's amazing. So. That's amazing. That's pretty good stuff. Any other uh, lesser known running backs? Some some uh, deep guys that uh, that we should know about. Uh, I'm not that deep yet. I'm looking at uh, Dante 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 Foreman. I don't yeah. even know how to say Deontay his Foreman name. out of Texas. Give it. Give me the lowdown on Foreman. Oh, well, he's huge. He's huge. <laughs> 200, 250 pounds, which is about what Derrick Henry weighs coming out of school, but he's like a couple inches shorter, so he's more compact. He's got really thick legs um, and good power. And for a guy his size, his feet are really quick, um, and he has surprising long speed too. So he's another another guy who I'll be watching his 40 time closely, but He's definitely the, the one thing about Foreman is he doesn't catch the ball. I think he had seven receptions last season, so he's not going to be like a three-down guy who stays in on passing down. Uh, but he's he's going to be a good goal line like power type early down banger type guy. Absolutely love it. Before we let you go, give me a daily dab. Uh, 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 the new Electric Guest album. I don't know if you guys know about this band, but it's basically like two guys and they put an album out like three or four years ago that Danger Mouse produced, and it was really good, and we Ooh. hadn't heard, hadn't heard <laughs> okay. them since. And they, they just put a new one out last week that I'm really in love with. I think the, the song I like most is called Devil, so check that out. The man is electric guest. You said Danger Mouse, and James and I both perked up yes. immediately. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm in. I'm into that. Is that, like a, is that a Simpsons <laughs> reference? It is not a Simpsons <laughs> Although the I'm Danger Mouse. I, I'm, I'm a dog. <laughs> I absolutely I It's the great... Matt Franciscovich, follow him at Matt Franchise. You can read some of his work online as well. I thought, come on, I mean, for reals though, I thought you were going to daily dep Katy Perry. Come on, bro. Uh, <laughs> I know where you're at. I follow you on Twitter. I know what's up. Hey, she she paid my bills for about four years of my life, so I had to give it, <laughs> give it up to her. You know? <laughs> there you go. Matt Franchise, the bearded one, the magical beard of fantasy, and one of the great Matts. Of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Hey, man, I appreciate you taking our phone call, pal. We'll catch you later, franchise. Thanks for for making sure my heart is still beating, guys. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Catch you later, man. Later. Oh, that was great. All right, let's round out the show with your daily daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hooks. Give me daps because I'll be swirling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps and hooks. All right, Daily Dap time. We start with the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's up? Uh, I've got two. I'm trying to make them both brief since we've had a jam-packed show, and I'm sure Rank has uh, numerous Daily Daps. Oh, today. I don't yeah. have that many. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. It's probably only three or four. First Daily Dap goes out to uh, J.K. <laughs> Rowling uh, for two reasons. One, I have been itching to reread the Harry Potter series, and I haven't done it in probably over a decade, so... I stole the book off of our neighbor's shelf, and I powered through the first one in a couple days. It was fantastic to uh, reread that. And she's just been owning fools on Twitter recently. Pierce Morgan, Uh, sorry, bro. Yeah, Pierce Morgan trolls and her mentions and things like that. It's been very entertaining to watch. Second Daily Dap goes out to a movie coming out this weekend called Get Out. I uh, saw it last night in an early screening. It is like a horror thriller movie uh, written by Jordan Peele who is half of Key and Peele, the comedy uh, duo. Really? The movie yeah. is awesome. Really? It was phenomenal. It was a great like horror thriller. It's got some biting kind of social commentary. Uh, commentary in it. And there are also just some hilar- flat-out hilarious scenes in it, too. It's not like wouldn't bill it as a horror comedy, but there's a lot of great uh, laugh-inducing moments and okay. some good shocks and twists and a really cool idea. And it was just an awesome movie. It's sitting in 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Wow. Whoa. But uh, if you go see one movie this weekend, I would make it Get Out. Wow. Okay, good. Uh, has he created a new genre of movies called Horcom? I, I guess I guess that one really wouldn't work too well. Horcom. <laughs> Horcom. Yeah, I guess that really... Uh, no, I mean, there are horror... I have to clear there my are, history every time. <laughs> like that, that doesn't work out too good. <laughs> I mean, there 
are a horror comedy. I mean, Scream yeah. technically was a, a Scream was a horror comedy. I mean, you could say like Shaun of the Dead was in that was in that oh. ilk. And uh, Vincent, but, Vincent Price has a long list of horror comedies okay. on his resume. But no, Get oh, Out yeah. is awesome. Go see it and then tweet me what you thought about it. Okay, I like it. Will it go to Mar- uh, my guy, MG? Mark Grant, what's up? Uh, I want a daily dab. I think I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but uh, Paper Girls, uh, comic book, uh, volume two. I just finished reading it. It came out uh, a couple months ago, and I was backed up, so I finally got around to reading it over the weekend. Okay. And volume two picks up where, obviously, where volume one leads off, but um, it is, it's still a great, it's a great, great book. Uh, it basically, think of it as uh, kind of Stranger Things, except it's four young girls um, but it's starting to kind of cross over into sort of back to the future type territory as well. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, timelines and parallel universes and that whole thing. But uh, at the same time, these girls are kind of, you know, they're all 11, 12, 13 years old fighting aliens uh, growing up, meeting their future selves uh, in the future as well. Um, it's amazing. So go pick it up. The first two volumes are out. It's written by Brian K. Vaughn, who also writes Saga, which... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know how much you love Saga, Alex, so uh, yep. yeah, definitely go go check it out. Alright, I will give Daily Daps out to Capital Cities, the band. Uh, they got their new song out called Vowels, which I think is really highly entertaining, and it kind of uh, inspired me to go back and check out their, their, their other album from, I think it was 2013. Uh, it's called A Tidal Wave of Mystery. The, the, one of the popular tracks off of that was uh, Safe and Sound. Sounds like a Matt Harmon favorite, a, t- a Tidal it Wave of true. Mysteries. <laughs> Just based purely on name. Capital C- Cities, go check them out. Um, they're, they're all over Spotify, but I, I love their new single. It was taped in uh, downtown Los Angeles in the Jewelry District. But uh, it's, I don't know, it's kind of, it, it's just a funny music video, so go check it out. I'll also give a daily daps out to uh, this anime that I'm watching off of Netflix called Ajin, uh, Demi Human, which is, I don't know, basically. How do you spell it? Cause... A-J-I-N. Okay. A-J-I-N on Netflix. Go check it out. Uh, pretty good uh, concept for the anime, which is basically, it's it's set in current times. Uh, there's a subsect of Demi Human people who, uh it's a lot like Highlander, actually, where uh, you have to die first to find out if you're uh, immortal. Right. Uh, that's, that's really a crappy way to figure out if you're immortal, right? Because <laughs> if you're wrong. Um, right. Like... But, but the point is that once you are discovered to be an Ajin, uh, the government will snatch you up and do horrible experimentations on you. This is a no-win situation. <laughs> Either you're dead or you're getting experimented that's on. E- that's exactly right. <laughs> so now there's an Ajin revolution, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, whatever. Go check it out. It's on Netflix. All right, we turn it over to Adam Rank. Give me a daily dap, kid. I'm going to daily dap NASA. NASA? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. yeah they found a couple new planets. Oh. Yeah, science. All right. Yeah, in your face. Deniers. <laughs> uh, Wait, deniers. The question. Or, the question is: Does Kyrie Irving believe these planets are round? No, no, no. Yeah, round or flat. Round. That's or the real. They're question. all flat I, planets, obviously, bro. Obviously, <laughs> Kyrie Irving is trolling everybody. Yes, he I is. love him. Yeah, that, that makes me. Even though he's a dookie, yeah. uh, I like him even more. Uh, I will daily dap Harkin Theaters because uh, they have those sweet things with a bar, reclinable seats. Because I wanted to go make sure that I saw Rogue One. One last time in the movie theater before it's probably going to be going away. I don't know. I anticipate maybe downtown Disney will have it forever, but whatever. Um, went an enjoyable experience. I, you know, what's funny is in all all my rewatchings of Rogue, I think I like it more. Yeah. Now every time, like every I, time? I get, and it's still like it breezes through. You're like, gosh, I can't believe like we're almost here. Like there's really like no dead spots. No Not- dead spots. It's all amazing. All of it is, it's really so well done. I almost want to retire from Star Wars. I almost are like, because like the new, <laughs> the new Han Solo one, the young Han Solo one yeah. just started production or filming this week. And, and it's scared. like, you know what? Let's stop. Like Rogue One was perfect. Okay. Let's make sure eight's good. And then we'll, we'll anticipate. Although looking at, <laughs> looking at the photo for the Han Solo one, it's great to see uh, uh, Danny Glover there. Donald Glover? Excuse Donald. me, Donald Glover. Yeah. Uh, great to see him as the young Lando, uh, the young Harrison Ford, the young Hung Sol. I'm not so sure. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel, I feel like, about him. I feel like uh, going off of your Rogue One thing. I feel like we're five years away from just a full CGI movie. Yeah, maybe. You know, where everyone's just it's just going to be a young Harrison Ford CGI'd. It does. Young Leia CGI'd. By the way, should we pray for old Harrison Ford because? Uh, 
Dudes crash landing places? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a problem. <laughs> Negative Ghost Rider, that pattern is full. That's not it's, cool because that's one of the airports I fly out of. It's kind of a problem. John Wayne Airport down there in Santa Ana, California. It, it's like, all, not it, cool. No, it's all jokes. It's all fun and game. No, dude. Like, right now because nobody was, you know, hurt. But, no, I, Marcus, I think you're on to something. No, I mean, seriously. Like, I, no, I, really, though. I tweeted about I mean, we get to a point like, where no, really, though. we – we take away senior citizens' drivers' licenses from them when we feel like they're a danger. Right. We're talking about a man who's seventy-four years old who's having problems flying an airplane. Yes. That's that's not cool. He he crashed landed on a golf course two years ago. Right. Uh, <laughs> our, our, engine, our own Andrew Siliano was there to document the whole thing. That was that <laughs> Intre- intrepid journal on the, the back nine. There's a plane crash. It's like I should take some pics. But that was uh, that was engine failure, right? Like he had to dump it. I, in I the think he was course? trying to get to Santa Monica Airport, which wasn't far from there, but he he put it down on the fairway. Instead. Like oh, and it's a small golf course. It is a it's small, like an executive a par small 30. public, you know, par three, par three course. He landed on the par three. No, it's a par thirty. Like it's nine holes, but it no, no, adds up to like no, no. But that's what I'm saying. He yeah. landed on a par three course. Basically, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. That's even more impressive. So maybe he should keep it. Oh, okay. but shouldn't you I have like you should I have age saying. limits for that? Like yeah, like you can't drive till you're sixteen. But you can't fly once you're 74. Okay. Like you're done. Fair enough. Or whatever. Although, I, you Good. know. So, also, um, what? Oh, you know what else was big this week? What's up? Dabs to the Lakers. Oh, They're yeah. Finally doing the right thing. Okay, got rid finally of Jim got rid, Finally got rid of Jim Buss. I guess Mitch had to go. Yeah. You bring back MJ. It's all good. Okay. Not Michael Jordan. Okay. Or, or Michael Jackson. Yeah. Or Michael Jackson. <laughs> MJ is Magic Johnson. Oh, I see. It's oh, all right. MJ, am I wrong? Yeah, I think you're wrong. Look, don't get me started on this. I have a whole different <laughs> We. we <laughs> what do you mean? Don't. Nobody take Rank's troll bait. This show's already over an <laughs> hour. Let me, let me tell you something. Because when people say MJ's the best of all oh, time. Oh, what a great show we had today. They're Thank you for wrestling. We appreciate you, Lance Zerline. No, no, no. A beautiful show today. Stop the show. Next week, we will get you MJ, an episode MJ talking about the Magic combine Johnson, quarterbacks right? and the combine wide receivers. Matt Harmon will be part of the program then. For Matt Alex Gelhar, MG My Guy, Marcus Grant, Adam Ray. Won 10 NBA I'm titles. James Coe. <laughs> the fake news we'll ESPN doesn't cover. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.